Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. In the next two decades, so by 2040, ocean plastic is expected to quadruple in weight. So in other words, the problem as it exists today is expected to become four times as bad as it is right now. The good news, if there is any, is that in the next two decades, if we put our minds to it, we could actually reduce that amount of plastic going into the ocean by 80%. So there is actually a pathway there in terms of achieving it. It's a pretty big challenge. Welcome to series 11 of the Not Perfect podcast, a show that's here to share conversations with world-leading thinkers to help us grow, stretch our minds, thrive, and heal from within. I'm your host, Poppy Jamie, a best-selling author of Happy Not Perfect and entrepreneur. I've spent the last decade exploring how we can live better, support our mental health better, expand our consciousness, and feel full even when things feel turbulent. I hope you enjoy the show. On today's show, I'm interviewing Will Pearson, the co-founder and co-CEO of Ocean Bottle, a truly phenomenal entrepreneur named one of Forbes 30 Under 30 and named one of Norway's top 10 leaders under 30 for his work towards the UN Sustainable Development Goals. After completing an engineering degree, Will spent a year working at sea in the Indian Ocean, where he experienced firsthand the effects of pollution on the ocean. His belief is that everybody should have the right to a clean environment and that business has a fundamental role to play in solving the challenges it has created. With experience in environmental impact and business strategy, Will has nurtured an obsession to create products and services that give more to the world and environment than they take from it. This led to the development of Ocean Bottle in 2018, a social impact brand with a mission to prevent 7 billion plastic bottles. What's the favorite quote you return to often and why? It's a good question. I don't have like a a bucket full of quotes, but I think there's one that often kind of crops up in my life. And it's uh, one from Maya Angelou, which is hoping for the best, prepared for the worst and unsurprised by anything in between. I think this is, you know, perfectly encapsulates the startup journey for sure, uh, because just as things are going well, something terrible can happen. So I think this kind of is a good life motto and it means you can kind of roll a bit with the punches and take things as they come. Do you do anything practically to help you live that quote? When you get knocked off the plan, what do you do? Everything's relative because, you know, you set your own goals and and your own ambitions and they can be the size of a skyscraper. So that burden in your mind can be, you know, quite big and, and quite daunting. So A, you create your own challenges. I think that can be important to recognize. And then I think second is it's really tough, but it's really important to try and find that enjoyment every single day. Mm. Even if something isn't going your way, it's so easy to say that to yourself because earlier this year I completely hit the wall. But, you know, I think it's very easy to say that, 
but actually I think it's an active approach. It's like working very, very actively to take steps in your life to make sure that you um, try and find the enjoyment in every challenge, every problem, laugh, because life is crazy. Life is, is pretty nuts. Is there something that you do on a day-to-day basis that helps you to do that? Do you go for a walk or what is that pause you take to be able to process some of the unexplainable things that happen? So what I've personally found is that I'm quite like either I'm completely on or I'm completely off. So Mm. if I'm like on with work, I'm all in 100% the thought of like, trying to take a mental break even if it's going for a walk or whatever I find very very difficult so that's something I've actually had to like push myself to try and kind of actively do and feel comfortable in and almost doing that and it's so beneficial taking those like you know five ten minutes just to actually maybe chat to someone in the corridor or the office and not just be completely sucked up in, in that kind of vortex of work and the other thing is I try and start every day off with, with 10 minutes of meditation. It's done wonders for me. It really like compounds. As soon as I stop doing it for like a, an extended period, I find that you can start to get quite sucked back into those potential challenges that you're facing. But you can almost be like cool as a cucumber. If you can actually embed that meditation within your life, it really enables you to be you know, much calmer. What's the life lesson you've been reminded of recently? I really wish it was a cheery one. And I'll, maybe I'll think of like a, a second cheery example. But unfortunately, I had a friend who passed away due to cancer. And he was an amazing guy, lived his life to the fullest. And it just really, really reminded me that, that life is short. And no one knows what's around the corner. So I think it's so easy to sit and wait for success and happiness and think that once I have this, once I have that, once I've got this milestone, you know, all these different things that maybe you you dream about, oh yeah, then happiness will come. And I think that is the biggest lie that we tell ourselves to actually get through perhaps the challenges that we face. And actually, I think it's really important to work actively every single day to try and find that, that happiness I learned this through a book that I'm sure you're super familiar with, uh, which is Soul for Happy. Mo Gaudat, who is a former podcast guest, actually. Exactly. He really kind of opened my mind to that whole mentality. Also, as I said, like some of the challenges are so relative, like some of the challenges I faced are nothing compared to, you know, what he went through losing, losing his own son. So... That, that mindset of like working actively to find happiness every single day is great. And um, recognizing that actually everyone is kind of the star of their own movie is, is a really interesting thing. So, you know, in the morning on your commute, try and think about the people that you're walking next to, you know, what are they thinking about? And that is actually a really fun thing to think about as you go about your day. It is. It's a really enjoyable and fun thought when you when you think about all the people around you and the stories that, that that they're in and it's funny when we contemplate death I think we can assume that it feels quite heavy but I think what you've just done there is show us how joyful it can be that the thought of death in really allowing us to appreciate the life that we currently have so thank you for sharing that yeah and actually if you don't mind me asking I'd love to know you know what steps do you take every day to find that happiness and 
overcome challenges and yeah, what, what do you do every day? I veer on quite vulnerable to being really anxious and stressed. And so a morning walk I find critical and getting daylight on my eyes. I find that if I go from, because I work from home a lot. So if I just go from bed to my laptop, I can feel super low energy and that can affect my mood. So having a good dose of daylight, even if it's raining outside is really important to me. And the other thing I like to do is have a little dance party to myself. I dance a lot. I put on some music and I dance to, just by myself like around my house. I think it's great. I think it's just like anything goes now and you need to just do what, what works for you. And um, I think there's such, yeah, there's even more widespread appreciation of that and recognition of that, which I think is so good. Yeah, also just your point on like, it's so relative to the individual and um, got to do what, what works for you. How do you define success? That is something that, you know, what, I still haven't defined. But yeah, I think success is something, I, you know, I've thought a lot about it. Is it about success in your career? Is it about finding happiness and joy and giving that to others in your, in your daily life? Is it maybe a combination of both? You know, I think what I've thought a lot about recently is kind of that sacrifice between do you want to sort of shoot for the stars and almost the inevitable sacrifice of uh, life outside of work? Or do you want to prioritize more friends, family, health, and adventure? And I think what I've decided now is that I, you know, I really want to enable the company to achieve its goals. So that means more of like playing like the enabler role rather than trying to do it all myself, mm. which has been a key transition for me still on the pathway and (laughs) (laughs) and then yeah like actually like working really hard to like set boundaries for myself to actually prioritize friends family health and an adventure like I went running the other morning in in Battersea and I ran past a sign which was like Bear Grylls be military fit and uh, it looked absolutely brutal, but I was like, I'm going to throw myself into that. So I literally signed up for class and I can tell you it was the most <laughs> brutal thing you could possibly sign it. But it was actually, you know, like finding that time, prioritizing things that you maybe, you know, wouldn't do or wouldn't find the time to do. Just sign up to it. Do it. You know, that's the only way you can make it happen is like one step at a time. That's a really interesting point when talking of the transitioning your role from not to say that you're a micromanager but you know I can do everything mentality to being an enabler and I think that all of us can take a lot of wisdom from this because I think if you are someone who is quite particular like things done in a certain way whether that just be home life to work life it is quite difficult stepping back and empowering those around you and also having the confidence that other people can do it and allowing yourself not to have to do everything and I'm not saying that you know that's the exact journey that you've been on but I'm really interested in how you are moving in that direction of enabling and being able to release yourself from I guess a lot of pressure you've put yourself under up until now. I must say, yeah, I probably was a micromanager 
up until not not that long ago i think it's just because it's your thing and like your creation you're so close to it and you just want to make sure that everything's perfect and it hurts if you know something isn't the way you imagined it or envisaged it but actually it's been the biggest blessing to hand over the baton to this like incredibly capable team who are way better than i am Mm. i mean talk about yeah me not being perfect they're way better at all the things that they're doing than than i am and it's then about giving them that that space to actually you know go and deliver the work and, and make it happen and yeah sure you know you've kind of got to let your shoulders drop a little bit because it's probably not going to be exactly what you imagine in your head sometimes it will be worse and you just got to accept that but a lot of the time it might actually be better or just different and that transition has been you know really really important for me and i know also for nick my co-founder um and it's still something that you know you, you spend every day kind of working on it actively but it's only through finding great people and then empowering them to do the job and we're now actually trying to set out like super clear 2023 strategy so we don't have to keep coming back to the drawing board every single week you know we've set the plan then it's just about going and delivering it and do you guys use therapists coaches like what is your support team look like to looking after your mind when you are on such a adrenaline filled journey yeah, because it's pretty relentless, right? You know, I'm sure you've experienced this, but you know, when you're getting like battered with like 200 emails a day, you're in back to back meetings from literally sunrise to sunset, and then you're getting like bombarded with Slack messages in between and, and people trying to like have your attention. It, it's difficult to get anything done and it's difficult to see the wood for the trees and, and actually even find that breathing space outside of work and. You know, if you continue on that pathway, which we did for like consecutive periods of time, after six months of that, you just completely hit the wall, you know. And it's not something that you can't recover past or or that isn't overcomable. It's just, it's not a place you want to be in. It's not a place anyone wants to be in. It's it's a really grim, horrible place to be. So, no, for us, it's been um, a mixture of like coaching and therapy. So that's been really, really helpful. And just actually, I can't remember quite what the style of therapy is called, but it's it's all about sort of positive reinforcement and, you know, looking at the glass half full rather than half empty, uh, because actually you can always view the same thing through two different lenses. Mm. Uh, so that's really a big part of the, the therapy. Then it's around like, you know, setting really tangible goals. So my biggest challenge is that I'm super conscientious. So... I, if I don't achieve something, it's like I've literally let myself down and my whole world is just crumbling and I try and do everything at the same time. I think that we can literally build the world's largest company overnight and it's like, you know, that is not possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For me, it's really important to space out those ambitions over time. So working to like set clear goals each quarter. There's a book called The 12 Week Year which is basically where you split the year into quarters. And it basically makes you feel like, A, you can achieve much more, and B, you get that satisfaction of, okay, actually, these are the goals for this quarter. And wow, I actually, you know, did most of them or whatever. 
that was probably the biggest uh, game changer for us as well, I'd say. Really, really tangible and useful tips. So I'd love to go from the start, the inspiration behind Ocean Bottle, because to start any business, you need a huge drive. And what was that for you? Yeah, you need a huge drive and a little bit of madness. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's funny. My my dad actually always said, whatever you do, do not start a business. Um, <laughs> he started a business and it was a nightmare. But um, but yeah, I kind of ignored that. I think, yeah, for me, it came from quite a few different places. So I think inspiration often, you know, just doesn't come from one aha moment or, or one thing. So my environmental passion really started actually back in high school. So it's sort of geography class. Uh, we were learning a lot about people and planet and basically all the challenges that we had to solve in our lifetime. And I, I found this like fascinating and super motivating and basically just could not stop thinking about all these, these huge challenges that we needed to crack. So then, yeah, following that, I went off to do a bit of engineering problem-solving mindset, which I think has been really helpful to what we've done so far. But what really kind of pushed me on in the ocean bottle direction and drove that was, A, it was my passion for the ocean. So I was really lucky to grow up sailing with my grandparents in, in northern Norway. And then I actually took that beyond then my degree. I actually went, right, I'm going to spend a year working as a deckhand on a boat. So I worked as a, as a deckhand on a yacht. And we, yeah, we sailed out from Malta to the Maldives. It was this amazing experience, amazing journey. But yeah, that really confronted me with the plastic crisis. So when we arrived in the Maldives, um, the first thing we were greeted with was this island just like smoldering on the horizon. And it was, it's called Tilifushi, and it's basically an island where they just burn all of the plastic waste from uh, the resorts but also the plastic that we were using on the boat so the the owners of the boat were like chugging single-use plastic bottles and i was like oh my god i'm literally handing these over all to this island where it's just burning and then just drifting off into the ocean so this spiraled me into studying this further i had a friend who was studying microplastics as well and and i just started to research the problem and i found out how big the ocean plastic crisis was and then I came back to London and saw that, okay, actually, people really want to do something about this. It was basically those two things that really sparked the idea of Ocean Bottle. It was connecting the dots between seeing that individuals actually want to make a difference. And there's a big problem out there that we need to solve. So it was literally, how do we marry up those two and you know make something that connects the dots? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. 
Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Wow. I mean, just describing that island, I'm horrified and shocked. And I guess not to terrify our listeners too much, but I think it's really important for us all to face up to the truth. Can you share some of the current statistics around plastic, the sort of things that actually keep you up at night and the thing that continues to drive you even when you're working 14-hour days and it doesn't seem like there's a, a pause in sight? Yeah, it's heartbreaking and inspirational at the same time, I think. But honestly speaking, that island is is the tip of the iceberg. So, you know, what, what really brings it to life is that so in, the, in the next two decades, so by 2040, ocean plastic is expected to quadruple in weight. So, in other words, the problem as it exists today is expected to become four times as bad as it is right now. And this is really happening because of a huge growth of single-use plastic still and the distribution to uh, developing economies where there is literally no waste management infrastructure. So all of this plastic waste is ending up in uh, rivers and waterways. And this was illustrated to me very clearly. I was in, in Colombia that same year and saw rivers just choking with plastic. And then obviously, as soon as all the seasonal rain comes, so uh, the monsoon, all that plastic waste gets flushed out into the ocean. So this is really what's driving a lot of the amount of plastic that's flushing out into the ocean. You know, we have a big job, if you like, to do in terms of cracking that problem. The good news, if if there is any, is that there was a report that was released uh, also around 2020, which was that actually in the next two decades, if we put our minds to it, we could actually reduce that amount of plastic going into the ocean by 80%. Wow. So there is actually a pathway there in terms of achieving it. What we're doing with Ocean Bottle, we're, we're working, you know, day and night to make as big of an impact as possible within that. Uh, but it's also going to take, yeah, governments, other organizations that we're working with, uh, all sorts to kind of collaborate and pull their weight and actually make it happen. Because it's honestly, when you start to peel back the rug, it's a pretty big challenge. Tell us about Ocean Bottle. How does your manufacturing processes work? For people who aren't aware of Ocean Bottle, what is Ocean Bottle? And if you could talk us through the journey from how you've set up to where it is now, that'd be amazing. So yeah, Ocean Bottle literally exists to enable individuals to make a global impact on the plastic crisis. And we make what we call the world's most needed uh, reusable bottle. So for every single bottle that we sell, we fund collection equivalent to 1,000 ocean-bound plastic bottles in weight. So this was the very first thing that we decided as a company, that it was going to be one for 1,000. And, you know, we would have this huge tangible impact connected with the sale of every single product. It's an enormous amount of plastic. It's enough plastic to fill the volume of a small car. It actually really racks up, like, collectively now as a community. We fund a collection of over 7.6 million kilograms of ocean bound plastic which if you put that in plastic bottles would actually be enough to circle the planet just over three times wow yeah it's super motivating that we've done that as a small london-based company with this amazing community but also it's still just a drop in the ocean in terms of what we need to go out and and what we need to do over the coming years so there's kind of a bit of a double side to it But yeah, in in practice, how that works is we actually set up collection points and and infrastructure in 
coastal communities all around the world. So we have projects in Indonesia, the Philippines. Uh, we've just launched two projects in India, Ghana. We're about to launch in Kenya, Egypt, Brazil. And we do this all with partner organizations. And basically, people there can come and bring plastic waste and exchange that for money, but also access to social resources like education or even health insurance to even sort of things like their very first bank account. So there's a huge sort of duality of purpose around how do we stop this plastic from polluting local environments that nobody should be living in mountains of plastic and neither should the ocean uh, because we're all going to suffer as a consequence. Okay, so when you go onto the Ocean Bottle website, which I did, you can buy a bottle, which can then be your go-to water bottle every single day. And what is the actual Ocean Water Bottle made from? We actually spent a year and a half designing and developing the bottle in, in Oslo, Norway. And we wanted to make sure that it was aesthetic, functional, and also sustainable, obviously. So we made sure that it's not made from any composite materials. So what that means in practice is that you can actually take all of the materials apart and nothing is like permanently glued together because that is a nightmare for recycling. How it actually works is, yeah, so we uh, collect the plastic that we use in the bottles at the moment in the Philippines. So the base plate of your bottle is actually made from the plastic that we collect, but we collect so much plastic. I mean, we collect over 11 kilos of plastic per bottle, so we could never put that into just one product and then we have kind of the main part which is um, an insulated stainless steel thermos so it keeps your drinks hot and cold and it's got a wide opening that makes it easy to fill but also easy to clean and then we've got a lid that actually we're hoping to now finally we've spent two years trying to find a food grade recycled material and we're hoping to finally put that into production in the beginning of next year. And then, yeah, there's things like um, we've got silicon for our like carry loop to make it easy to carry. But yeah, those are kind of the materials that we use for the production. What is like the greatest challenge in the actual production process of this bottle? Well, the greatest challenge was definitely right at the start when we first tried to make it because that was an absolute nightmare. <laughs> I mean, we had like missing bottles, we had leaking bottles, we had all sorts of um, <laughs> all sorts of problems. Ed Sheeran, we got some bottles for his tour. It was actually one of the first customers and the bottles went completely missing, like into a black hole. I almost had to like drive to Hanover to try and like deliver the bottles to his concert and it was a complete disaster but yeah we've had our fair share of those kind of problems and you know when it was just nick and i and cat who's now our head of operations and iona who's our head of brand like it was literally just the four of us just running around like crazy people which luckily we don't have so much anymore now we actually our supply chain is actually like pretty smooth but, you know, we don't have sort of major issues around that i mean there's still always problems around recycled material content and the more technical applications of it like we're doing a lot of material testing because yeah it's, it's just hard there's a reason why only nine percent of all plastic in the world is recycled because no one can use it afterwards which is like we've produced more than enough plastic in the world if we could recycle it you know we've produced more than enough plastic in the world to never produce any more virgin plastic ever again 
So yeah, no, that that's kind of fine. I think it's more you know other areas of the company that that have got various challenges to overcome, and but also opportunities. What's been the highlight so far on the ocean bottle journey? One of the things that gives me the biggest kick, obviously, a like seeing the the impact. So when we kind of have our monthly update, and it's like ding dong, ring the impact bell. This is you know where we're at this month. That's amazing. But it's actually to see the team really like thrive and succeeding in, in their own careers and combining that like, you know, they're doing something really impactful, but also they're doing something great for themselves, hopefully. And that, that's one of the things that gives me the greatest joy. And then, yeah, seeing like the idea turn to reality. So actually seeing the products out there in real life. So funny, the first bottle that we saw out in the wild this guy had orange hair and it wouldn't be funny if it was just orange hair, but he happened to have the orange ocean bottle, which was like <laughs> perfectly matched his hair. And I was like, whoa, this is amazing. And basically then it turned out it was a friend of mine, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was, that was pretty disappointing. But um, yeah, if someone else wants to color their hair and, and surprise us with a, with a matching colored bottle, then please do. So you've changed your climate anxiety into climate action and created Ocean Bottle. What is your advice to people who are feeling really anxious and they don't know what to do? They're just constantly told really terrifying statistics about our climate and looking what to do next. You know, climate anxiety is real. And I think it's real for good reason, because where we are right now is like genuinely we're at the precipice. And things have to happen very, very quickly to avoid, you know, some pretty bad consequences for everyone. There's good reason to be concerned. And I'm, I think it's almost a good thing that people are concerned. I think the problem is then, you know, when you translate that from concern to action, that just doesn't translate because I think what happens is people want to put their earmuffs on and just go, la, 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 la and almost ignore the problem because they do not know where to start. And what we found at the very beginning was, so we did a survey, so we found that 99% of the people that we interviewed wanted to make a positive environmental impact, right? It was like plain as day, they wanted to do something for their kids, their kids, their grandkids, thereafter. But the 88% of those people found it too difficult, too lonely, too expensive or they found that what they were doing they didn't feel that it was actually going to make a real difference you know they felt that no one else is doing it so why should i bother what is this gonna you know do in the grand scheme so i might as well just continue as i am so that was obviously what we tried to crack as a company and i think there's a few other companies out there trying to make it more easy for people to actually do good But I think that there's a a fundamental thing here, which is that a lot of the onus has actually been put on us as individuals. And the reality here is that actually it's businesses and governments that needs to make it possible for us as individuals to live in in a sustainable economy and in a sustainable world. So a lot of the work actually needs to happen with businesses and with governments, you know, putting the rules, the frameworks in place so that we can operate within them. And then, yeah, we can actually live in a a sustainable world. But as an individual, what can you do? 
I think you can influence the company that you work for because that's where a lot of the change needs to happen. You could maybe even switch jobs. You could vote for the right government. You can vote with your wallet for the companies that are doing the right things. Um, but as an individual, those are some of the actual, the biggest powers that you have is actually using your voice and kind of spreading that, that message and keeping that pressure on. Because that's why we are where we are today is because of this enormous pressure that's been mounted on governments and companies to change the way that they act. So there's good reason to feel anxious. I think that more and more solutions are coming for individuals to actually, you know, take action into their own hands. But you should be able to go to a restaurant and order some food without deforesting the Amazon. You should be able to go to your local supermarket without filling your tote bag with plastic. You should be able to travel to see your family who maybe live in a different country, which mind you, mine live in Oslo, Norway, without literally emitting tons of CO2. So I think, you know, this is my point is that that's where the action needs to happen from, from businesses and government. And yeah, just keep up that pressure and, and, you know, vote for the right stuff. You know, one thing I have become increasingly interested by is the impact microplastics are having on fertility, especially male fertility. So single plastic bottles are massively affecting sperm quality. So I'm not sure if you realize that Ocean Bottle is contributing to really the survival of our species, which sounds quite dramatic and alarming. But actually, when you look into the data around it, it's something that is really important to think about. No, I actually, I, I wasn't actually aware of the male side of it specifically. And that's really, really interesting. I'd love to read that, that study. If you are more interested in it, though, for, for the listeners, I'd really recommend two really interesting um, sort of organizations. So one is Common Seas, um, someone called Joe Royal, who's done loads of research on microplastics in the bloodstream, what it actually means for exactly things like fertility, but also because all these plastics, they're actually porous, so they absorb a lot of chemicals and uh, non-intentionally added substances, I, I think it's called. That's a really interesting one I'd check out. And the other one is actually, I'd, I'd love to give a plug to uh, Sean, who started an organization called A Plastic Planet. And they're basically campaigning to like stop the production of so much single-use plastic. So they created the first ever plastic-free shopping aisle. Uh, they created the plastic-free trust mark. So you can actually put it on your packaging like let's say your coffee bag. So I now buy coffee from Perco, which is actually plastic free, which is quite cool. They're doing loads of different stuff. And what they've launched most recently is a design library called plasticfree.com, which basically gives the 16 million product designers around the world access to plastic free materials so that wow. they can actually start designing. This is in partnership with Google. They can actually start designing with natural materials like this whole world of materials you wouldn't believe existed from banana skin to hemp to cactus leather it's super super cool so there's, there's a lot going on in, in that space and we just can't have them fast enough i think absolutely whose advice has been game-changing for you on this journey of building ocean bottle well i'd, I'd obviously have to give a quick plug to my dad and actually my mum I think yeah, both of them have been really, really great supports to me, particularly in the early days when I literally had like no idea what I was doing at all. I still don't really, but you know, 
And then, yeah, I mean, so many people along the way, like so many amazing people along the way. I think most recently, actually, a guy called Pete Ward joined us on our board. He has, so he started a, a company around human longevity and it comes from a kind of completely different space, but he's taught us a lot about like the founder journey and just this importance of kind of finding that enjoyment in, in the everyday and not waiting till the end because once you're at the end of your journey, it's over. Don't sit and dream about the day that you maybe exit your company or like step away. Work really, really hard and really, really actively to try and turn things around so that you can enjoy the journey because I think otherwise there's no point. Brilliant advice. And how do you wind down at the end of the day? What is your bedtime routine? I, yeah, I've started to use the whole do not disturb thing on, on the iPhone. I think it's really, really good. So like, if I could, I'd probably set it to like 6pm. It's bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I do, you know, I've done things like that just to try and switch off the work from a reasonable hour. And then, yeah, we'll try and do something nice in the evening. So whether it's actually go out, do an activity, go do some fitness or health, do something nice with my girlfriend, yeah, just like actively try and, and do something. And lastly, to finish off this really fascinating and inspiring interview, what is the book you recommend the most? Well, I'm going to have to throw it back to Mo. It's got to be Soul for Happy. If I was going to say read one book this year that genuinely could change your entire outlook, read that. It's amazing. Thank you so much, Will, for joining us. We'll put a link to the show notes for everyone to find their own ocean bottle. I'm a huge advocate for the company and also the product in ensuring that we can drink water safely, not only for our own health, but also for the health of the planet. So thank you, Will, for creating such an inspirational company and something that we can all help with in ensuring that this is a collective effort. Oh, well, Poppy, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's been amazing to be here. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Not Perfect Podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would deeply appreciate it if you wouldn't mind subscribing and leaving a review and perhaps maybe sending it to a friend who also might enjoy this episode. I can't tell you how grateful I am for those that share this podcast on their social media or with friends because it helps the show reach more listeners. I'd absolutely love to hear from you. So if you've had any thoughts or you want a specific guest coming up in future episodes just let me know shoot me a message on instagram or twitter it's just at poppy jamie and so until next time stay flexible stay true to you and stay leaning into love even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.